The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. I was going to let you go. Hey, guys. How you doing? <laughs> we got a quirky tip of the day. And what that is, is when you're out playing with your dogs out in the woods, out in the yard, on the beach, in the snow, be careful. Because our new president-elect... Is that an office or is that not an office? There's a little What's that, president-elect? The office of president-elect. Uncle Joe. <laughs> twisted his ankle, hurt his foot playing with his dog this week. So be careful you know, out there. We get, we get all over Trump because he doesn't own a dog. <laughs> now we can jump all over Biden for breaking his foot going out playing with his dog in the backyard. We got an American flag on the set. It wasn't even our doing, but we're excited. Go America. We're representing strong. Yeah. Happy Wednesday, guys. Uh, we are coming to you live here today. And in all seriousness, Scott did say that we were going to do a... Uh, Biden boo-boos segment, but yeah, boop, right now, <laughs> Biden's boo-boos. Right now, week. we're just tying that into the quirky tip right now. So be careful playing with your dogs for your own sake, your own safety. I always think about the dog's safety. So today we are going to talk about, is it okay for your dogs to go on furniture? And Scott's wearing his uh, winter Carhartt here today. Yeah, He's, I need a lighter so I can burn off some of these uh, threads <laughs> here. He's two days into a, there we go. He's going to do that on the podcast. Don't set the whole place on fire. Um, oh, he's oh, gonna, oh. <laughs> he's gonna give me this thing. He, Go ahead. He, these two should like a magic trick. These two shouldn't have, uh, things that can cause fire on the show, but what he's we wearing his coat because he's fasting. He's his second oh, day one? into his water fast, which is really a coffee fast. Plus it's December. And normally when we fast, we are a little bit colder. I tried, we started a five day, like two weeks ago and literally about five o'clock. I said, I'm not doing this right now. It's the holidays. I have stress. So I'm having wine. So, but Scott's doing it. turned it. into a spaghetti binge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My five day yeah. fast. Pasta binge. A big, big, uh, Italian dinner. So we are going to be discussing. What the hell are we talking about today? And well, why are we here? I want to take care of just and a few small matters care? of business. I don't know, but, um, Oh, show them the, the cool, uh, chocolate bars we got. Unfortunately, Scott's fasting, but we just got these as a gift from Dave. Two pounder, from, or a one pounder and a one pounder. Yeah. A milk chocolate and a dark chocolate. So this should last us at least until Christmas. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? We're I'm very excited. I'm going to infuse it with some cannabis oil. Yeah, we have so much weed, so much chocolate, we're all ready to rock. And Scott is going to be on the Cigar Authority, not this Saturday, but next Saturday, December 12th, and that show is on Saturdays at 10 a.m., so That's check that exciting. out. All right. Uh, keeping up with my Oprah's favorite things, because I love to be giving things away, Why I have the canine Oprah? calm, uh, the, the roll-on. So what I like to do is put this on my fingers and then roll it on the dog's ears at night. It's just a nice little ritual that we have and i love the smell of this stuff so the canine calm is getting thrown into our smell. oprah's favorite things list and we will be going over who won all of that from our patreon supporters the week of christmas this year wow smells Mild. good huh not very strong yeah i'm but, feeling sleepy <laughs> feeling calm okay so how do we feel about furniture tell them and this is a little bit deeper than just can my dog get on the couch and the bed because we have a little bit of an underlying theme here but explain our principle of that standpoint about dogs and furniture well in our house we have almost no rules at all <laughs> our dogs true. are on the couch they're on the tabletop <laughs> eating food off our plates 
Well, only when, they're, only when they're invited to. Sometimes, theoretically, that should be the case. Yeah. All right, so... But we do have dogs on furniture, uh -huh. for sure. Uh, invited and uninvited. Pet dogs, we don't, but little buddy, that dog that we had a few weeks ago, that bulldog on the podcast. Well, he I was mean, on the couch right away. He, he did spend some nights on the couch snoring. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, I miss. I almost cried when we sent him home. It was, it was hard. But we're going to see him Saturday, and he's doing well. So what's wrong with the furniture? What our do we tell pet dog people about furniture? What do we tell our clients? What do we tell I would companion say the, dog owners? The ideal scenario is that uh, you allow pets on your furniture when they're invited. Okay. Uh, and uh, if you're having any type of aggression issues, and um, really, if, you, if you're don't, not doing any training at all, you should, shouldn't let them just have free run of the house. But um, they should know the difference between being allowed to get up on the couch and just jumping up there and all but that But what stuff. about aggression issues? Oh, if you're having aggression issues, I would just say absolutely not. Don't have them up on the furniture. Yeah. Bed, bedding, couches, chairs, all that stuff. Yeah, so this, this topic kind of came up when we were discussing um, kind of more some particular instances. So one situation um, was we had a, a good, I'd say a good friend and a client. She's probably watching right now. They were over for dinner at our house in Maine a few weeks ago. Um, but we had boarded her dog a few years ago, and uh, dog was fine, no big issue, in our house with a leash, everything else was on a bed before they got there. And then she came to pick the dog up, her and her husband, and when she was holding the leash in our kitchen, the dog then did get aggressive, you know, towards the same dogs that have been sitting in the kitchen with the leash on with her holding the leash. So while that doesn't directly relate to furniture, that's a very specific instance of like the dog was in this situation, nothing changed in the situation, but the presence of the owner and the owner holding the leash. And then we have another client that's more recent. Um, and this is a pretty, I'd say it's a pretty common thing where the dog is protecting the wife. Don't you think that's a pretty common scenario? More so than vice versa. I yeah. rarely hear yeah. of the dog protecting the man and keeping the wife away. But anyway, so this specific situation, um, the dog is a nice young dog and, uh, he was blowing up at the guy in the house. Like if the guy would walk by, he would get aggressive. If the guy would pet him, he would get aggressive. If the guy would look at him funny, he would get aggressive. And we took him in and he was in for training and he went home and when he went home, he didn't have any instances unless the wife was holding the leash and then the dog would have a similar you know, fallout again, where the guy was triggering aggression, but it was when the wife was involved holding the leash. So now we've set things up. So things are more separate and there's no issues. But the underlying theme here is like, why is that? Like how are just a small little intricacy of the same dynamic, but just someone, a certain someone picking up the leash, how does that change things and why? And these are the situations that would tie more closely into like getting on the bed. So for instance, that dog that we had in for training, who was showing aggression towards the husband, especially when the wife was holding the leash, that dog isn't allowed on the furniture. Dog shouldn't be. The dog, it's lost its rights, its privileges for that because of the aggression it's been displaying right now. The dog that reacted in our kitchen, that's a dog that has a trigger. It's related to the owner. Maybe there should be some more rules put in that situation. So it can be very situation specific and it's just about what we're recognizing, like are we recognizing the cues and what we should do about those cues. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. So it, really we were talking about relationships uh, and this aggression issue. And then I brought up the furniture just so that we can put it in the context of some different yeah, things more that actually you can understand or we can create scenarios that we've seen many times. Yeah. So pull up my plant studies too, because I'm all excited about those. And we were, I was thinking about this in conjunction with 
you know, there's been at least a lot of scientific studies of like how plants are affected being near Wi-Fi routers and how plants are affected by how you speak to them or who speaks to them and something else. So if a plant can be as affected by some little minute change, obviously a dog who, you know, is more intelligent, if you will, and has, you know, different genetics to be thinking differently, um, should be affected similarly. So one of my studies was about how you should talk to your plants. This was the Royal Horticultural Society. And it re it said during the research that if you talk to your plants, it helps them to grow faster. I'm having a little bit of difficulty putting the plants and the dog together. <laughs> I'll get you there in a sec. But so uh, when you grew, uh, you were talking to your plants. I've been talking to plants for years. Mm -hmm. Talking and to plants this, for years. This specific article actually said that women's voices, right? They also found plants grow faster to the sound of a female voice. So maybe hmm. I should talk to your new seeds that you're trying yeah, to make and into bonsai. They, they went a step further, and when they played Celine Dion. <laughs> <laughs> These plants just friggin' took off. It was unbelievable. Especially a French-Canadian origin type of seed. All right, pull up my other study. I don't know how to use your phone. Um, so you, the tie-in, you just don't realize because you're not listening. So my that only point... That could have point, something to yeah, do with it. This is typically why he misses the tie-in. There's something with a bunch of mold on it or something for you. You got another article for me? Mm-hmm. Where's the one? That's the router All right. Stuff. Okay. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. So I saw this thing, too. These are just... I found these on Google, but I've heard about these studies, and I don't know if these are the ones they always reference. But in Denmark... No scientific uh, basis to um, this. <laughs> student, Go right it's a student scientific experience. I mean, mm. whatever. I guess only if you're in a university. Anyway, the little student found that plants will not grow when they're near a Wi-Fi router, which I think is so fascinating. So he was in Denmark, and it was a ninth grade. Oh, I keep saying he, but it was a she. So this ninth grader from Denmark discovered that if you put plants near a Wi-Fi router, they're not going to grow or they're not going to be as... Um, they're not going to thrive. Yeah, they're not going to thrive. I think that's interesting. That's upsetting. So these small little nuances. Okay, so I'm going to tie this together for Scott before we go to break. So hopefully anybody out there who is not clear is not still understanding. I'm not going to break anytime okay. soon. Sometimes when he doesn't eat and he's a little cold and he has a cigar, things get a little tricky ah. for, for his wife, Jess. Okay, so we have plants, right, sweetie? Mm -hmm. And we have these beautiful plants that are growing. Okay. And something as simple as introducing this component into the plant's environment right. causes it to not thrive or to actually uh, have deleterious effects, right? Mm. So... Now, if you want to think of this plant or this pig as a dog, you start to bring in some external circumstances. You can see why that would have an effect as well. You get it? You understand oh, now? Now I see the time. It's kind of deep. It is kind of deep, but it, it's profound once I'm you get there. I'm going to go talk to the plants. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to go to break for Coranda real quick. And when we get back, we'll talk more about couches and beds. What makes Coranda beds chew-proof? Only Coranda beds have a patented design which secures the fabric inside the frame, making it totally inaccessible to jaws and paws. Your dog can't chew the fabric because we've hidden the edges inside the rails. Dogs love Coranda beds. See why? Coranda beds come in a variety of custom sizes. You can even add a fleece pad on top for extra coziness. And these beds can be used both indoors and outdoors. But best of all, our beds are easy to clean. Just wipe them off or hose them down. Visit dogbed.us slash thequirkydog for more details. All right. We are back. 
today we are going to do our definition of the day because we are switching up question of the week for definition of the day here through the end of 2020. And my word today is chondrodystrophic. And <laughs> Scott said on the way here, are you just trying to pick all the longest words that relate to dogs for your definitions? And no, I'm just... I can't even say it. <laughs> describe it. I just feel all smart when I can say the words that he <clears throat> can't... This is the one with the, um, the throats or what is this? No, that was brachiocephalic. This is the one with the long backs, like a doll, uh, like you, you like, That's yeah. Right. Okay, That's so um, it's actually the abnormal development of cartilage, which I didn't really recognize or realize early on, but that's what causes the body to kind of grow at um, an abnormal rate. So it's the dogs with the long backs and normally the shorter little legs. And interestingly enough, the common breeds that have this chondrodystrophic type of shape are dachshunds, basset hounds, beagles, corgis, English bulldogs, and others but the English bulldog now has the brachiocephalic and the chondrodystrophic, so it's got a lot mm. against it. You know, yeah, it's going to win the the length, <laughs> greatest length contest, <laughs> and smushy face. Yeah, have you seen the women that have that issue in the neck? The chondrodystrophic women? Yeah. No, what do they look like? Oh, a big this, smile as, out as of Scott. A, as a young child in National Geographic, they took the, <laughs> these women in these tribes. Uh, one form of beauty was to have a long neck. Oh yeah. So they put these rings on their necks as children, adolescents, and they keep adding the rings. So they're walking around as 10, 12-year-olds with their heads all pop, like pulled Like a giraffe? Up. By the time they get to be 17, 18, their neck is like wow. yeah, twice fun, as long. Fun fact for me. And Maybe they, I'll have Scott reference some of these chondrodystrophic women and we can put images. They cartilage in there and bone. <laughs> oh, my God. Only you. Only him. He's crazy. All right. I want to get back to dogs on furniture. And you know what I was thinking about? I was thinking about Maxine on the bench at the park, speaking of furniture, and how we can kind of go too much into the furniture scene. So why don't you, mm. in your own words, no, you have mean a puff at, of that. Uh, not at the bench at the park. At, the park. at Starbucks it was. Wherever it was. Why don't you explain this setup and this relationship a bit and maybe how for a dog like that, that would be too much with the Well, furniture. when dogs become reactive to their own instincts, that's the big problem right there because that's when someone can get bit. They could dart in front of a car out of fear. A lot of different things can happen that we don't want to happen that would be kind of unsuspected, you know, and so letting the dog get up on the couch because they want to, and then the dog, if they're protecting you, if you're sitting on the couch next to them, petting them all day, and then another member of the household walks in and they growl at that person because they don't want to be interrupted. They don't want, I don't know what is going through the dog's mind, but I think it's fair to say that they are responding at that point to their instincts. And their instinct at that point was to growl at this person entering the room. And if you have the dog um, mentally under control, uh, and it's similar to, you know, the way I was raised as a kid, you have, you know, I had an ear out for my parents. If they called, I came. You want your dog to be in that state of mind where they listen to you, they respond to you. If, if you tell them at that point or before the person comes in, get off the couch and go get on your own bed over in the corner, they should do that kind of stuff for you. Mm -hmm. So if you have a dog that you have good stimulus control over, if you you have you know even a few good solid behaviors in the dog, then you can invite the dog up onto the furniture with you. And um, but you you're controlling how often and how much. And the thing that people really need to be more uh, conscious of, I think, than the dog these days, is that the people are finding way more gratification yeah. in having that dog on the couch next to them That's than, than the dog heading. is being there. So they're making the dog crazy because it's making them feel better. So their crazy is rubbing off on the dog. And then that instability can result in 
anxiety, aggression, fear, all of these, you know, Yeah, so that's more, more where I was headed when I um, asked Scott to kind of breach this topic. So, yes, we can talk about, okay, the owner's crazy is rubbing off, is rubbing off on the dog. That's one way to frame it. But if at night the dog is less comfortable being on a dog bed or at your feet or, you know, in a crate or cage or cage or anything else rather than next to you on the couch, that's an indication now that your dog is protesting when it's not just with you. And that should be a sign that, okay, maybe there's an anxiety component coming together here. Uh, the guy that I was talking about with the dog on his lap, it was funny. We have this case and he's an older gentleman and he's very sweet. Um, and his dog is a little edgy. She's a little bit much, um, but not so much aggressive, but more so with the anxiety. So she's a lot on a leash. She wants to go through doorways, pull, blah, like it's just, that's her general nature. It's just, blah, but not in a necessarily productive driven way. She's kind of crazy. Kind of like my energy level. <laughs> Your energy level is nothing, anything else. Blah. So it's a golden retriever, by the way. Yes. So she's a golden retriever that looks like an Irish setter, but whatever. So she's, uh, having a lot of trouble. This guy's having a lot of trouble walking her. We worked with her for the walking. That's getting better. Like to the point where like when she was overstimulated, she'd like jump up and bite at his back. Like crazy stuff. Not, not yeah, he good. He had to wear gloves and a yeah, coat in not summer good things to protect for, uh, himself. Not good things for an 80 year old man. So anyway, hey, I, this person I, says. I think he's 80. I don't know. We should start throwing numbers around. <laughs> he doesn't even get email. I don't think he's going to be listening to the podcast anytime soon. <laughs> he's about 55. <laughs> <laughs> You're older than that. Okay. Anyway, moving on from the logistics. So this person said to him one day, he, she said, oh my gosh, I have a picture of your dog on my phone because we see you at Starbucks and the dog is actually sitting on your lap. And I mean, it's a big dog. She's probably 55 pounds. She's actually sitting on this elderly gem- gentleman's lap at Starbucks on the chair. And they thought it was so funny and so ironic and something that you don't see every day. So they took a picture. He's probably giving her a puppuccino. <laughs> so anyway, the point of that is a situation like that, maybe, where the dog doesn't necessarily have good structure, good boundaries, maybe prone to anxiety, Probably a dog like that shouldn't actually be on furniture, on your lap, whether it's your own furniture or a coffee shop's furniture or anything else. So be mindful of that aspect of it too. It's not necessarily only aggression, but it's anxiety. And what Scott said is so true. Often we are getting the bigger benefit out of this, you guys. Like I am a hundred percent at the end of the day, I'm like, screw it. I don't want to deal with getting a bat out, everything else. I'm going to just let my dog lay on the couch with me. And that is my own choice. And I know the choice that I'm making and everything else. And boy, are her dogs crazy. <laughs> Shut up. I got my own little Maxine's. But those dogs, then the next night can be in a crate and we can just watch TV and they're not going to be protesting and they're not going to be upset about it. So it's the same thing that we say about dogs sleeping in bed. And we've said this many times before and Jimmy sleeps with us, I'd say at least five out of the seven nights a week at this point. But we're fine with dogs in bed if they don't have aggression issues, if they don't have anxiety issues, if something else. But if then they stop accepting sleeping in a crate because they're used to sleeping on the bed, then they're going to see a heck of a lot more of that crate. And the same thing goes with being on the couch or, you know, cuddling at night in a chair or anything else. So just be thoughtful of that when you talk about dogs getting on furniture. And as a general rule, I don't really like dogs intentionally getting on tables or TV stands or anything else. Some people think, oh, no, it's, it's so easy it's to dangerous. let... It's dangerous. Yeah. Some people think, oh, it's so easy to just let them jump up right here and I just groom them here if it's not an actual grooming table or something, but it's not a good idea to have dogs like actually jumping onto higher level surfaces on the reg and you asking them to do that. But couches and beds, as long as there's not a lot of aggression or anxiety, we say, go ahead, say lovey. 
Yeah, and if you don't use a crate uh, with the sleeping in the bed at night, I would have the dog sleeping on the floor. I mean, if you have your dog in the bedroom anyway, I would just... Yeah, sleep on the floor. And if you're too sound of a sleeper for the dog jumping up into the bed or something else, just put a gate across your bedroom door or something else. But we want the dogs to be adaptable. We don't want the dogs to roll with the punches. And recognize these little nuances, you guys, of how just a small little trigger can affect a dog. And this is a a kind of a PTSD story for me, so I won't go too deep into it. But when we had our facility a few years ago um, in Salisbury, Scott's sister and her husband came over before dinner and we just let them in the kennel room just to like see dogs. And this one dog, you know, it had an environmental sensitivity to making noise in the crate or whatever. So there was like a metal noise and it kind of looked nervous. Anyway, a huge anxiety issue. A lot of anxiety, but the Scott's sister looked at the dog and she said, oh my gosh, he looks, you know, is he okay? And we'd had the dog for... I'd say a week. F- a week. Yeah. Like, it's not like that. We just got the dog. We had the dog a week. No issue. She looked at the dog, had that one little moment with the dog, whatever happened in that moment. And by the time we got back from dinner, the dog had like chewed each of its hocks to the point where we took it to our vet and like had them like lasered and like treated and everything else. Like it was intense. So we're not talking that like we got the dog, it's in a new environment, it slept in a crate and that happened. It was just this small little nuance, this small little change for it. So think of that when you're having a behavioral issue with your dogs, no matter where it stems from, is it close to the Wi-Fi router? Are you talking mean to it? Are you talking to it at all? Think of how and what little things may be affecting your dog. And if you come up with the answer, you may be able to fix the problem yourself. Yeah. I would say in defense of the dog also, my sister's first boyfriend chewed his legs <laughs> off almost completely when, before they went to the prom. It was very stressful for him. <laughs> it's a standard practice well, in the family, I guess. It can be a little tough. All right, guys, we will see you next week. If you need us, studio at thequirkydog.com. And if you haven't already, check out my The Quirky Dog podcast Instagram because I got it all, like, cool. So every few rows, it looks aesthetically pleasing, and I'm loving it. And I'm hoping to have all the episodes cataloged by the end of 2020. So keep it quirky, guys. <laughs> see you next week. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.